Happy birthday, Willie Nelson. It's really April, great. April 29th, 1933, 90 years old. You know, 90 years around the sun. They call that, I think it's non non-Egerian. Is that what it the is? The term is or whatever. 90 years old, right? That's four wives, eight kids, 2,500 written songs, 25 number ones. Wow. Could be give or take some more there. Wow. 98 studio, studio albums consisting of 72 solo studio albums and 25 collaborative compilation albums and 41 video albums as well as the soundtracks of the electric horseman and honeysuckle rose and then on top of like 30 appearances between film and tv i don't know you know willie nelson you know i it's not surprising that he's turning 90 it's kind of surprising that he's turning 90 and he's still out there doing it on the bus on the bus on the road uh I haven't seen him for a couple of years, but I had a friend who saw him at that Outlaw Festival he did last year. And they said, you know, he has to sit on stage, but they said he was terrific, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, I think Willie, when we hear about the end, Willie's going to die on stage. He's going to die with his boots on. Yeah, that's, or that's, on the bus. Or on the bus. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the more you read about, like, him being on the road so long, keeping a family together, yep. married. I mean, but he's, even when... When there aren't any shows lined up, I heard he's still on the bus outside. Right. Hanging out in front of this, like, million-dollar home. Right, yeah. (laughs) Well, I heard a story once Willie Nelson said that, you know, a lot of guys, and you hear from musicians, too, about how tough it can be out there on the road, you're on a bus or traveling in different towns. And I guess Willie said he realized at an early age that that's the game. If you're going to do this, you're on the road, you're on the bus, so you're not, don't make it a, as really you're going from one place to another, he's just there. Right, and he don't know, he usually doesn't know what city he's in. Yeah, and it's just, he's just on that, and that, you know, that's his home and his family, you know, all those, you know, the the, the family really yeah. became his family. Right, Paul right. Paul English and all those people, his sister mm-hmm. and everything, and... uh Bobby Nelson. Yep. She's still with him, too. No, right? she, no? she died. She died. She died. Okay, Paul so English died. This is why you're here. Billy Spears, who played guitar right, with him, died. Yep. Uh, uh, who's the guy named there? Payne. Or Jody Payne. Jan- Jody Payne yeah. died. Um, so, I mean, Willie's outlived them all. He really has. I mean, again, you know, celebrating this man's life is important, I think, even in, you know, whether you're a fan of country music or not, like, look at what he did, Yeah, you know? You know, whenever, you know, I love country music, and whenever people say, oh, Willie Mm -hmm. Nelson's a great country singer, I always correct them. I'm like, you're wrong. Willie Nelson's a great singer. Mm -hmm. He, uh, of anyone... Uh, from his listening to when he started and when people had their doubts about him to think he became one of the most recognizable vocalists anywhere. And it's just kind of amazing what he can sing and how he can sing. sing there, I mean, there's such a distinction to not such just a, his song. I mean, not maybe not even to his, the songs he's playing, but the way he plays them and sings them. Like Waylon said, he might be in front of, in front of the beat, he might be behind the beat, but he knows where the beat is. Right. And, uh, and that came from Waylon trying to record with him on many occasions. Right, right, right. <laughs> I've heard stories of Waylon talking about um, trying to tell He's like, damn it, Willie, can't you just sing the conventional line for once just for this one recording? Right, exactly. I, I can't. Nah. It, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I doubt if Willie Nelson has sung a song the same way twice ever. Yeah, I mean, when you listen to the live recordings, they're always different. He's going to do them. Different he's going to play them different. Yeah, yeah he's going to attack it differently. And uh, But there's one big thing I think is important for people to realize about Willie Nelson is that we came, the audience came to Willie. Willie did not come to us. And I think that's what makes him so important. He didn't change or do anything to adapt to what, was popular or what we our expectations about what music or country music should be he just did his thing and like they said and all the great ones we the world finally caught up with willie so the we as the audience came to willie not vice versa Mm. and i think once we did we never looked back you know Um, i mean he didn't he have 
when he left Nashville out of complete, you know, he was done. Right. When he was going back, what didn't he have? He had plans not to go back into music. No, early, right? he, yeah, I think he had a pig farm or something like yeah, that. Yeah, uh, wasn't it in Paul English? Right, and exactly. him, right. They right, were going to exactly. start pig farms. Right, something. exactly. And I think you know he'd been through the ringer in Nashville and the whole thing. You know, yeah, and yeah. Uh, I, uh, you and know, how do you go from a number one hit to wanting to be a pig farmer? Yeah, you how know? do you go from? Uh, I don't know, but like I said, lucky for us. Uh, I you know and I think that just after that time in Nashville, sure he had great success as a songwriter, but it must have been pretty brutal to just make album after album and nothing came of it for years and uh, and I guess he just finally had had it right you know right. and um, and you know like they said he went back to Austin and he wasn't sure about the music business and then he saw what was going on down there at the armadillo world headquarters yep. with the hippies oh, the, the armadillo biker, hippies the bikers and everybody and he said that's the best when it comes down that's that's the best crowd yeah. that anyone yeah. could ever ask for i think you know yeah. uh, uh, that union of you know all these people but they all had a, they all had one thing in common there's to celebrate their own independence and freedom the more i learned about I've been to Nashville a lot lately, and the more I learn about Nashville, the more those Texas guys played a really important role down there, more than people think, you know. Mm -hmm. um, Willie, Guy Clark, Towns Van Zandt, uh, Mickey Newberry, all those guys came from Texas and then went to Nashville. And, you know, in a lot of ways, they were probably the only people doing country music in the early 70s down there you know that's when country started to turn pop and quick uh quick and you know and you know i'm not you know i love kenny rogers and ronnie Millsap, mm -hmm. and that's you know but you know those you know that's not really the heart of country music right you know? um it's tough because you know at this point we look back and that stuff is a sight for sore eyes compared to some of the stuff that we've been handed to over the years oh, that's called country absolutely you absolutely know? you know i um but you know i just think um you know i can't overstate you know the uh, other thing i want to say about willie and Waylon. i think when you talk about willie i think you also have to talk about Waylon jennings mm -hmm. you have to they were they were two sides of the same coin they were both in the same predicament down there in nashville right right making albums and albums and albums and getting nowhere not being allowed to use their road bands and you know just really giving a hard time because they were seeing that what we were just that pop music they unfolding were caught up in that yeah. whole chet atkins rca sound of sweetening country music and mm -hmm. um the thing though but so then when they you know, finally, Waylon, especially when they got that idea, and people started calling them outlaws, and that—that's a kind of a cool term maybe for them. But I think the real thing about it is, Waylon and Willie, and a lot of those guys, Jerry Jeff Walker, other people like that. You know, they were being progressive, but they were also keeping tradition. They moved forward. Waylon added drums to his band. Willie. And a lot of things that, you know, country people didn't want. But they also kept that traditional country sound in there somewhere. So when you hear a Willie Nelson song, even though it might be, you know, some of his words might be kind of modern and he does kind of different things on them, but they're still attached to tradition. Whereas nowadays, they've just kind of decided, we're not going to have anything to do with tradition. No, it's like a car commercial. Yeah. That's what all, it all sounds like to me. It all sounds like a car commercial. And like a friend of mine once told me, he said, you know, they don't really want country. They want things that sound country. Right. It's funny you say that because I was just telling, I've been, you know, lately looking for a lead guitar player for right. a little musical outfit that I'm doing. And right. um, I said, I want someone who plays a Telecaster or whatever, but I want someone that plays this music. I don't want someone that brings the sound along. Right. Exactly. You got to be careful. Right. No, no, ab absolutely. And um, so, you know, again, I think it's important to, when you talk about Willie, to also make sure you include, you know, Waylon and other, you know, Chris Christopherson, of mm -hmm. course, and uh, 
those guys. Billy Joe. Billy Joe Shaver, you know, who Willie says was the greatest songwriter of all time, and uh, which, you know, that's a good argument, yep. you know. And uh, look what he look what they did to his songs. Oh no, absolutely. I mean, you know, you know, the Whalen did that whole album, right. Of his with the one with the exception of one song, and uh, you know, but I mean, Elvis ended up covering. Um, you asked me to. Oh no, absolutely. You know, you know? I mean, so when you're Elvis Presley covers your song and you were just trying to get will and jennings to do it willie is always moving forward always moving forward he's one of these guys you know like i always like that thing that dylan says about if you're as an artist if you ever think you've arrived at a moment you're kind of dead in the water hmm. and i think willie is always looking for you know you know, right after he had, you know, his initial success with the Redheaded Stranger, or not his initial success, but after his songwriting success, you know, when he decided to do that, um, um, you know, the album of American Standards, people thought he was crazy. The record label thought yeah. he was crazy. They were like, you know, what does this guy think? Who does this guy think he is? And this is not going to work. Well, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was on the charts for like 15 years. It was. No, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it really. Well, I mean, when you think about what he did, your 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 um your let's call it your primitive Willie Nelson fan who had right. even enjoyed all the stuff that he was releasing that no one cared about. Right. Which it's all great stuff. All great. The guy stuff. never put out a bad album, yeah. and when he did, it was actually pretty exceptional for the time. Absolutely. You know, when he uh, the Redheaded Stranger album. Um, you know, when he presented that to the label, they were like, well, this is good, but, you know, we need to have a band on this. Right. And they didn't want to release it. They just thought, well, this is kind of a demo sounding thing. But, mm -hmm. he, you know, he really, you know, Willie stuck to his guns and with the help of Waylon and Bobby Bear and people like that, got that out. You the Redheaded Stranger, Red Stranger album. album. Yeah, Wh Waylon and uh, Bobby Bear were... So like they were like, um, why aren't you put? Why aren't you going to give this album a chance? And they just said, there's not no hits on that. There's album. no hits on it. There's barely a band on right. it. Right, and then he hear. says, give me, give me three reasons. And Waylon's like, I'll give you two hundred and fifty thousand. You should have been at the show last week because you know. So yeah, right, yeah, and it yielded Willie's first number one record, Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain. Mm -hmm. You know, no and, hits on that album. Yeah, really, and yeah. that. Um, so um, you know, and while I think of it. Uh, you sent me a thing about your five top five Willie albums. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I think we have most of them together. I I would have to say the sound in your mind, mm. redheaded stranger. Yep. Yesterday's wine, phases and stages, and shotgun Willie. I I think those albums really are what show you the real Willie that emerged. Right. You know they're. They're kind of, they're kind of, they're country, but they're kind of more than country. They're, I mean, a few of them, I think he called them concept albums. You, and um, There's a lot. I mean, cons if you think about just the sound, a, yeah. lot, a lot of his albums are always very contemplative anyhow. So Absolutely. If you, you can call them, con I mean, if they were, you know, designated to be concept albums. But when I listen to a Willie, I mean, Willie album especially the stuff he releases more of these days yes there's some sort of linear i don't know i always hear some kind of like overall mood or direction in what he's trying to say you know yeah and and i think is you know i mean i i buy everything willie puts out and um i think believe it or not i think the records he's made in the last four or five years are some of the best records he's made in a long time yeah he went through a period there with the band the family band where mm -hmm. Not that it was predictable, but it it didn't it didn't you know he wasn't interjecting a lot of new things in there. And then he has this new producer, Bobby Cannon or Bob some something Cannon, I think is his name that helps him with these records. And they're they're just great records. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, the, he always he always knew that you know the I think he always understood, and I don't know if he's ever done any record production himself for for himself, but. He he understands what the production means, you know. When you do make a country album, absolutely. You got, I mean, no matter who's playing what, you got to be careful. Even the country performance, you know. I mean, you you know your your band, which we'll talk about uh, as well. I want to talk about Possum, but you know, I mean, there's a difference between playing rock music and then playing the dynamic of music of country. Yeah, because you know you start 
banging on stuff, all you're going to get is some rock and roll music, you know? Yeah. So, but, yeah. but he understood, he understood the approach in, um, to country music and all his albums just are very warm. You it's, know, they're yeah, very they, warm albums. You know, like you said, they really mean something and, um, you know, and I, you know, I always, the other thing I th- always thought funny about Willie was, um, you know, when you hear Willie talk, like on a TV show, on a, on, you know, on a um, talk show, or just in general, when he's talking, he's a pretty lighthearted guy. He's, he doesn't take himself too seriously, and he's always having a good time, mm-hmm. cracking a joke. But as soon as, he, as soon as he starts to sing, he becomes something else. Yeah. He's there's something he becomes a different person when he sings and humble. Yeah, I mean, and it's just yeah. so you know he's there's no clowning around when he sings. You well, know? I mean, for a guy to, um, you know, hit writer's block and put one of his greatest albums out. Yes, Shotgun Willie. Yeah, that that song came from writer's block. It's just like I don't know. He's like he 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 was he's thinking too deeply about writing songs and he's yep. so, well ran dry a little bit he said but then that's when he started singing songs about if you ain't got music you ain't got nothing to play or right, whatever exactly right yeah very honest lyrics you no. can't argue with that but you know he's like yeah i hadn't got nothing to say so i just said it right. and that's the simplicity of his songwriting he'll write a song about not really knowing how to get it across yeah willie is uh you know we i mean we've been talking about Willie sound and Willie as a performer, but um, you think, you know, I don't think people realize, I know that, you know, a lot of people know that he wrote crazy and mm-hmm. he's had a very good career, had a career as a songwriter, but Willie Nelson has written some remarkable songs. I mean, really, if you don't believe me, listen to Angel Flying Too Close to the Ground. Yeah. I mean, that, that song is just, um, he really, uh, just extraordinary you know and uh yeah there's there's those songs that speak to you and then there's the songs that tell a story and yeah um whalen to me was always he spoke to you whalen was if, oh, you, no. if you wanted the fuss you right. go to whalen you go to whalen right yeah you want a little ease and to chill out a little bit you go back to willie right yeah right yeah <laughs> the, no, the no. yin and the yang of country you know? no 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 really and it was uh you know it was just you know when i was a kid you know we got those when they were the whole outlaw thing happened and they released mm-hmm. those records boy we just loved those i mean those records were just we listened to them day and night you know well yeah i mean well, let's let's discuss that because the outlaws like you had just said uh you know briefly ago about you know they sort of whatever it was they came together and it was like you know but it sort of was the end of it in a way yeah when that album came out it was already going on for a long time it, it had been know? going on and there were you know uh a lot of people that were never mentioned as part of that movement um and uh you know i think you know like a lot of things whether it's you know look at the bgs with uh saturday night fever that People don't realize that movie and album came out at the end, basically, of right. disco. Yeah, you know, and yeah. they just they just kind of kept it alive a little more. Right. You know? I mean, that was that's all. I, and after that, there wasn't much more. No, you know, no. no. So it it's interesting how a record company. It's almost like I don't know the corner and be like, look at pal, you're you owe a lot of money and your career is hurt, and why don't you just give into this marketing campaign? Right. Yeah. But, and I I, th- I don't know. It might have been I don't know who it was. It might have been Paul English who said that. Or maybe someone else, but the whole outlaw thing, you know, they they were more outcasts than anything. Absolutely, I guess, right? Right. Musically, yeah. they were outcasts. They were outcasts, and they were tired of, you know, that control that RCA had on things mm-hmm. down there, and uh, they were only, you know, you're going to make a record a certain way and had a certain I, I keep, sound. I keep and, hearing, you know, in retrospect to that era, like RCA. Yeah. Yeah, really terrible. Yeah, no. Or did or were they or did people really think that they were any they were a good thing at the time? Because I know you know good examples. Elvis Presley. And well, RCA, I mean, Elvis. You know? Oh no, no, really. You know, I uh, one of the last times I was down in uh, Nashville as part of the Hall of Fame, you can do the Studio B tour of yep. the RCA studio, and um, you go in and they have all the albums that were recorded there on one wall. You know, all the Elvis was done there and just about every hit record out of Nashville at that time was done there so they were doing something right and maybe it worked for certain people but times were changing uh, themes were changing you know, songwriting was changing yeah. you know like they said you know when Chris wrote Sunday Morning Coming Down when he talked about being stoned 
Well, that was he wasn't talking about being drunk. No, you know, so right. yeah. things were starting to change, and you know, uh, I, I mean, I guess that stuff worked for a while. Mm-hmm. Adding the strings, and I mean, look, it worked for Jim Reeves, it worked for Patsy Cline. Well, I mean, there's nothing wrong, I guess, that there's like pop music's great yeah i mean it's probably one of our it's everything eventually kind of becomes pop music even like something that wasn't pop initially eventually finds its way into being that in in some way you know right but um but yeah i mean like it's just a matter of like if you're losing touch though of like when we're just trying to sell guitars and equipment through a song i mean yeah you know know, like you said it really all of a sudden you end up where we are and everything sounds like a truck commercial right you know no it uh, does it does i mean it's it there's i don't know it's like commercialization of everything you know i think you know it's just the it's it's intrinsic in people now you know like let's put it on blast and 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 let's not make anything unique about anything anymore you know well it just sounds it's it's just a sound um you know, let me tell a quick story. Sure, I was yeah. um, a couple summers ago, right when the pandemic was over, or we thought it was over, I went to a songwriting camp with Rodney Crowell down in Nashville, mm. and it was great. I mean, it was really like three day, three or four days uh, on the Vanderbilt campus down there, and met you know Roseanne Cash and Shelby Lynn and a bunch of people were there and. Um, that guy, J.D. Souter, is that his name? The guy that wrote the songs for the Eagles? So he was a special guest. He came out and, um, you know, he wrote, you know, whether you like it or not, he wrote some big songs for people, and he wrote, you know, a lot of big songs for the Eagles. And um, so he comes out with his guitar, and he sits down, and I'm thinking, well, this is going to be really good. He's going to sing one of his songs. And he sang If I Only Had a Brain from The Wizard of Oz. And he sang the whole song. And he did a pretty good job on it. It was great. And he said, now, you're probably wondering, why did I sing this song? He said, because this is a 70-year-old song that we still sing. Because it's a real song with real lyrics and real melody. He said, 99% of the music, whether it's country, pop, or anything we're listening to now, you will not remember in 70 years. He said, something happened in the industry. That's just a sound they're making. It's not real music. And I have to agree with him, you know. Melody is all but gone in pop music. And they're doing that to country music. There's no melody left to it. It's almost this It's this mechanical, this sort of syncopate. I don't really know what it is. Yeah, it's really... It's a truck commercial. It's, it, you know, you're, you really hit the nail on the head. It really all sounds like a truck commercial. I... Uh, it's no. just it's just sad, you know, and and the stuff goes in one ear and right out the other. If you're saying, well, you know, Willie's this or Willie that, go back and listen to any of those records we just talked about, Shotgun Willie or The Sound in Your Mind, mm-hmm. and you can hear. That's an album I always skip over, and and when I listen to it, I'm like, why? It's like right there in the best part of his era. The you Sound know? in Your Mind. Sound in Your yeah, Mind. Yeah, a lot of people get don't you know, and yeah, and you know, I think. The thing I like about that record is um, it kind of was the blueprint for the Willie that we know. He did some show tunes on it. He did some country songs right. on it. There's a little bit of everything on that record. He did a Lefty Frizzell song on it. and um, the, the Lefty album he did is amazing. Uh, and then Lefty, the Lefty record, right? I mean, and that's when people, you know, people didn't care about Lefty Frizzell by then, you no. know? And, uh, that's one thing, if you notice what Willie did for a stretch of time, every album he put out was with somebody. With somebody, Willie never forgot what he came from, what country music was. Right. And he always was the first to admit he stands on the shoulders of all those people like you just said, whether it was Roger Miller or Ray Price, he was, he is... Webb Pierce. Webb Pierce, all those guys. Yeah. He admired all those guys, you know. And I don't think I would have known who Webb Pierce was if I didn't see him on the Willie album. And then you go back and listen, and like, well, he, he goes way back. Wow, you know? that, I mean, Webb Pierce was king of the honky-tonk, right. you know. Yep. And, uh, just so, um, so, you know, Willie's, you know, Willie's quite an artifact, Look at the people even that gravitate to him in our current, you know, modern day. I mean, everyone, right. everyone does. But, um, you know, you get guys like 
like Snoop Dogg, who's yep. recorded with them. And I got to say, those songs are good. Yeah, they're good songs. <laughs> they're really, they're really good you songs. Know, I mean, you know, you know, he's not content with just doing the same old, same old. He wants, to, he's moving forward in all ways. You know, and uh, he's not rehashing and. He's going to do what he wants to do. That's what's kept it interesting for him. Well, one of the guys I think, you know, earlier on, it was encouraging him to, you know, like it was Paul English all the time. Paul he was English, like, right. and before he may have been drumming here and there, but he wasn't necessarily on board as Willie's drummer. Right, exactly. I guess he was kind of, you know, like he always makes the joke that he was a Sunday school teacher, you know, and uh, uh, who, who, uh, Paul, Paul English, <laughs> really? Right. One, yeah. one, a Sunday school teacher who's good friends with Jack Ruby. Right, you know exactly. that connection? Yep, I yeah. know the story, right? Exactly. So that's didn't so I don't know the I've heard a little bit about it, but he took Willie down to like some clubs yeah, or something. Yeah, I guess Paul had a shady aspect of right. him, you know, and he was I don't know, but you know, um but he and Willie were lifelong friends and partners yeah. in this whole thing. But yeah, you know, with with Paul he put uh Willie put him in charge and it was interesting how Whalen ended up putting his drummer in charge. Right, too. exactly. Yeah. You know, um yeah. Richie Albright. Right, yeah. right, yeah. But um yeah, it was kinda you know, they, they kinda were able to like set someone up in their band to sort of look over the band. Because they they didn't want to manage it on the no road, they all they those you know, especially Willie all they wanted to do was play music yeah you know that's the whole you know he li- he was, lives in that grace spot where he could just can walk out on stage and be <clears throat> Willie Nelson you know we discussed this the last time we talked about Willie um, you know and even bringing the Stardust album up two names that I always remind people is Frank Sinatra yep. and Django Reinhardt. Absolutely. Willie is the first to admit that he's a combination of those guys, you know. And uh, and you can hear it. You can hear with it. With age, too. You can hear it. You know, you put on those some of those Django records, and then you listen to Willie Nelson's playing, and you there it is. Mm-hmm. There's where Willie got his style, play that guitar. And, uh, and then, like you said, you know, when he was young, growing up in Texas, you know, they had those giant radio towers down there, so they could pick stations up from anywhere. Yeah, yep. And he said late at night that they could get those stations and they would listen to uh, Frank Sinatra and the croon. And he said, you know, that's where the phrasing came from, you know. And um, I, when I heard, first heard him doing the Elvis Presley song, uh, Always On My Mind, I thought, wow, that's a very unusual song for anybody to cover. And he did such a great job on it yeah. and became such a big song for him. But... You know, I was like, wow, that I would never in a million years think that, you know. Uh, and it's kind of funny that so for somebody who was or is such a successful songwriter, he's had some of his greatest success singing other people's songs. You know, like um, Dave Van Rock, the folk singer there, he said, you know, if you go after the essence of a song, there's no wrong way to sing it. Right. And I think that's what Willie does or anybody who's really... And also, I think it's important to mention that especially in country music a big part of the success is that those people who the really good ones they're sincere when they sing that's a whole Mm -hmm. and and i think maybe in general when you hear a great vocalist that's whether it's tony bennett or anybody that they're sincere when they're singing that song they stay in the song and that's what sells it and they're not just singing the song. They're just, um, they're, they're trying to live it as they're singing, you know, really putting their feeling into it. And Willie does that. I mean, yeah. you know, just he can really, you know, like I said to, you know, Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain, I think, you know, uh, Hank Williams' manager wrote that. Uh, but that song had been around for years. Everybody sang that song. Mm-hmm. And then when Willie sang it, it was like brand new. You had never heard that song right. before. And Even like a songwriter can kind of feel or hear something and, and try to like, you know, put it down. Right. But then when someone else comes along that can really match the mood and the vocal, you know, there's just even like, you know, Bob Dylan, great songwriter. But, right. you know, like I always said, I enjoy people doing his stuff more than I enjoy the original stuff. No, no, really. You know? Ab- absolutely. And, um, you know, some people are just... You know, like Keith said that, um, you know, Willie's the triple threat. He can play, he can write, and he can sing. Yeah. And we haven't even mentioned his guitar. I mean, a little bit there with Django. But Willie, when I take, I've taken people to see Willie, and they're just amazed by his guitar playing. And uh, 
he really can play that thing. The saw, whole saw thing. him once, and it, I remember it like clear as day. I was over at the Sanders Theater. Right, I saw two, that. Two thousand. I, I saw that show. The Teatro Tour, I think. Right, exactly. Yeah, another fantastic album. Great album. Great. But guitar-wise, you know, let's stay on that topic uh, real, because I did want to talk about Trigger, and um, we hear a lot. I mean, he's always been playing guitar, but his guitar playing is really, like, man. like Ex- Extraordinary. It, and I think it really blew me away when I first heard the album Spirit. Yes. 19, yep. I forget what year that came out, but that to me is one of his best. That's a great, that's a great Willie record, great guitar record, yep. really understated record. Um, but the guitar sound, you know, it goes back to what you see him play, that guitar with the hole in it. Yeah. Trigger. No, no it really, he plays the whole guitar, you know? What, what, <laughs> what do you, like, I've never, like, what is that guitar? Is Has it had to be, like, reconstructed over the years, or I is it just, it, like, wearing out? Like, Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he's probably had to have it worked on to just to keep it together. Yeah. Um, and it's also, you know, it's kind of unique that he would play um, that type of guitar with nylon strings. That's what he uses, which, nylon. Yeah, which okay. gives it that sound, that Django sound. So is he using a, he uses a classical guitar. It's a classical ah, guitar. Right. It's not, you know, it's not with steel strings. Right, that, yeah. um, All right. But it really, um, it's, again, just like his voice, it's a very distinct you yeah. hear, you, he doesn't have to sing. You know who's playing the guitar when you hear Willie on. Oh yeah, it, you yep. know, and it's something you look forward to in his songs. You know that those breaks are going to be um, just like his voice. That, that guitar is going to be like when he's gone. That guitar is going to be people are going to be lining up. That's a yeah. magical little instrument. Yeah, you know, down in at the Hall of Fame in Nashville too, they have a circle with all the famous guitars. Hank Williams' guitar, everybody's guitar mm-hmm. is, is there. And I'm sure that they're, they've got a spot for Willie's when the time comes. Is that at the country? The Country Music Hall of Fame. See, I didn't get to that. I was, I, man, there was so much to do when I was there yeah. in four days. I'm like, we got to go to Memphis. We got to go here. Yeah, you know? no. No, it's really, I've been a it's bunch really... of times. It's worth going back just to, um, you know, just, you know, the, I, every time I go, I go to the Hall of Fame just because, you know, they're always changing the exhibits and stuff like that, but. You know, there's just so much in there. Yeah. You know, it's a, such a big space. and uh, It's, I mean, yeah, it's a lot. I mean, the whole city to take in is just amazing. Like, yeah. I, I spent too short a time there. It, I got to go back. I did, it was mainly to go to Graceland. Right. Like, right. My girlfriend's like, Let, I'm taking you to Graceland. Oh, yeah. Right. She's like, I'm going to leave you there, too. <laughs> but, um, no, but anyhow, yeah, no, that, the, you know, getting to see, you know, where some of these guys started, too. It's a diff- yeah. different situation now. I mean, you know, I'm. But it's nice, you know, you it's, know. you can still see it all, and it, you know, unfortunately, you know, there, there's a lot happening down there in Nashville. So they're, it's they're starting to get rid of the old Nashville. Well, I look out the window here in Cambridge, and you know we've always prided ourselves as a great little you know community and stuff, artistic community, yep. which we're we're fighting for a little bit maybe. But but like any day in Nashville, there's music. There's already all down the street. Like if this were like I forget what street Broadway. that is, Broadway. Broadway. Just like at an uncon what I find an unconventional time you know 10 30 11 o'clock in the morning the music's going all day it's long starting, it's like starting when they open and it goes till two in the morning like and if I lived on Broadway I'd never make it to work no it really I would never make it to work no no Roberts you know? Roberts Western world down mm-hmm. there and um a lot of great places uh if you know if, if you're if ever go and you're looking for places to go you want to definitely check out the station inn yeah which is in the gulch and uh which is real traditional country mm-hmm. music and um Roberts on Broadway and uh you know the Ryman and you know even if you don't go go to see a show at the Ryman go on the tour and walk around it's really an unbelievable building to mm-hmm. be in you can feel it you can feel the energy there Nashville is really you know <clears throat> they're that place, you know, they're building things left and right down there. You think mm-hmm. they're building a lot of stuff around here, down there. They're, it's, it's happening they're making everywhere. It, yeah, they're making it into a big city down there now. Yep. They got those sports teams there and, um, you know. It's going to become a truck commercial pretty soon, gonna, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, um, backing up a little bit or maybe not, maybe jumping ahead, whatever whatever you prefer, Um the the outlaws we were discussing that right. a little bit and you know it's like a, everyone sees the highwaymen but right. you know like you said there were others who were you know these guys were, were 
playing, covering this, you know, playing their songs. Right. Yeah. Um, there were other guys just getting mad, you know, respect like uh, Towns Van Sant. You know, yeah. if you heard of, at the time it was probably like you know before he really came through, and I don't know if that was after he died. Right. Um, right. But he seemed to just be like a guy that everyone knew about. Right. Exactly. Um, I think you know when okay. So the outlaw movement is mostly known for Whalen and Willie. They were the outlaws and, um, you know, he, they put together that sampler record called the wanted, the outlaws with Whalen and Willie, Tom Paul Glacier and, uh, Jody, uh, Jody Coulter, no, Jesse Coulter, Jesse Coulter, Whalen's wife. And that turned out to be the first gold country record. It was mm-hmm. the first country record to sell 500,000 copies. I mean, that's kind of amazing if you think that that, so that kind of empowered them a little bit. And they saw that they, you know, they did have an audience for that. Um, in, you know, Tom Paul Glacier from the Glacier Brothers, uh, he had a place down there called, well, everybody called it Hillbilly Central, where they all hung out and made those recordings for RCA. Um, but, you know, uh, you know, there were, like I said, other people involved, Jerry Jeff Walker, um, Guy Clark, the, you know, they kind of, you know, they, they, they weren't going along with what Nashville was becoming. And, um, you know, and I guess the term outlaw, there was a writer who coined the phrase Mm -hmm. that called them outlaws in an article that she wrote. Oh, which... Whalen references in the song Don't You Think This Outlaw Bit. Someone right. called the Outlaws yeah. in some old magazine yeah, or whatever. So, right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, you know, they kind of it was kind of tongue in cheek, <laughs> but it was a way to 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 talk about these people who were fed up with the system and um yeah. and what it is, you know, and um and you know, I see, you know, cuz you know, I go down there for songwriting events and etc and I see a lot of parallels between what's happening now in Nashville and what's happened then. You know, they've got a formula down there, and they're not going to go away from that formula. No, no. And, um, you know, I think Blake Shelton's a great singer, but his hands are tied. You mm-hmm. know, he he has to put out what they want him to put out. And I it's think kind he of got tied up in the... Ce- it's easy to get tied up in the celebrity, like... Um, yeah, if it's working. You know, because it's like once you once you do the celebrity thing, then that's, that's taken away from, well, I'm just trying to be, you know... Yeah, you, you know, know. It, it really... But they... Um, so, you know, so I see how the all outlaw thing kind of developed and became something and... Uh, there is a great document about that time, <clears throat> not with Whalen and Willie per se, but I don't know if you're familiar with the movie Heartworn Highways. I'm familiar with it. I think I may have seen it years ago, and that's the one that takes place more of around the um, Towns Van Zandt. Yes, sort it's of. Towns Van Zandt, Guy Clark, Rodney Crowell. I, some guy from New York went down to make a movie about the state of country music, and he just happened to be led to Guy Clark's house to where these guys were and everybody's like well these are the guys that are you know the real deal now down here and so it's, it's a great document you see these people sitting around singing their songs and talking yep so that's the clip where um towns is singing waiting around to die and yes, then there's exactly. that guy there he's just bawling his oh, eyes no. out yeah you know, absolutely he, yeah, right yeah. exactly right you know and all right uh, yep. and steve earl is in steve it earl, yep, yeah yep. you know and uh so, you know, so so to get back to what you're saying about the outlaw thing, I just think, you know, those guys, they, you know, they were having success on the road with their bands. They were coming back to Nashville to make their records. They were told by Chet Atkins, no, you're not going to use your band. We're going to use the house band. We're going to make them like this. And they did it for a long time down there. I mean, Willie probably made a dozen records for RCA that went nowhere. Mm-hmm. And, same thing with Whalen, and then until they finally decided with help from Bobby Bear, who built Bobby Bear had a lot of weight because he was a, he had a, some big songs, right? Um, big songs. They started too. to pull. He you know he said give them you got to give them a chance to let them do their own thing down here, and that's when the tide started to turn, and um, you know that's. Uh, it opened up the door for those guys, and one guy I've never he always just seems to be out. Oh, 
an outcast to the outlaws in some way. And I, I don't know how I feel about him over to the years. I love, you know, Merle Haggard. I love yeah. Merle Haggard. But yeah. the more I've read about some of the guys that I love, I'm like, damn, Merle. Story about how they shook Whalen down during a poker game. Right, yeah, right, yeah. Whalen was like, he just, you never, Whalen never talks about Merle Haggard. And, you know, Willie's got maybe an album or two with him, right? Right, exactly. But, you know, Merle was outside of Nashville. He was, okay. So he, he I mean, he's California guy. Yeah, he was yeah. Bakersfield, you know, and so he never really had anything to do with Nashville. Do, do you see him as one of the outlaws in some sense? I, you or? know, in a way, I don't, I don't really consider him part, you know, I think Merle Haggard, was his own thing yeah and um i think you know we could have a whole do a whole other show about merle haggard mm -hmm. i i think you know like um marty stewart has that great quote he said you know a lot of people are in country music merle haggard was country was music. country and george jones and another george, one. right yeah, yeah george jones and uh but I think, you know, we should save Merle for a yeah. whole different show because I actually think Merle, I will say without a doubt, I think that I can't imagine country music without Merle Haggard. I really think he's a cornerstone of it's country the, music. I mean, it's the first, first country album I think I bought was a Merle compilation in maybe the late 80s, early 90s, right, and yeah. songs like um, Silver Wings. Kept, kept, the, uh, kept the Wine and Threw Away the Rose. Right, exactly. It was Tonight one of my... Bottle so, I mean, down. yeah, I yeah. Mean, these, these, yep. songs, these little, songs... little wine drink, I mean. These songs are part of the fabric. Mama, tr Mama, Mama Tried. Mama Tried, and, yep. you know... Uh, no, I, I like his stuff. It's just I always had a hard time putting them into the other guys and i think you just clarified that you yeah, just don't need was, to yeah he wasn't part of that you know like i said he didn't work out in nashville he wasn't part of that he was he was you know uh, you know and i don't mean this in a bad way i don't think he was as progressive as whalen and willie no i think know? merle was really leaning on i think the standard of classic country hank, he was hank classic, snow hank, hank williams guy, absolutely yeah. bob wills yep. all that you yep. know um you know, um, so oh, I, I mean, as far as Whalen's sound compared to all of them, I mean, you know, he's probably like that's that's the heavy metal of country music absolutely. in that sense. I mean, that was that was really Whalen's band. They were great. That was, you know, a lot of rock influences right. in there, but not but uh, but it didn't become rock. You no. know, it didn't. You know. You know, a good example, and and I don't mean to badmouth the guy because I know he is great, but everyone raves about Chris Stapleton, and mm -hmm. I think Chris Stapleton's great. I just just don't think he's necessarily country. Well, I think it's more Southern rock, and it is. It, I mean, so that's what it is if you listen to it. So yeah, I don't you know, know why he has yeah. to be considered country, and he he's this because it's not. Now, so I mean, the guys that I'm listening to currently are some really interesting guys that are playing the music we love the way we probably want to hear it. You right. know, um, is it alt country? No, that was a market. Yeah, just exactly. just like the outlaw they tried to do yeah. and still try to do, but like. You know, all people alternative country. I, that's just a bunch of indie rockers playing country music. It's yeah, still at volume. Yeah, I. You know, I don't. You know, I was lucky a couple of years ago. I was at the Americana Fest down there, and there was a whole roundtable about um, Americana, that whole term Americana, and how most people just think it's such a stupid thing. Um, you know, they're like, what does that mean, Americana? And they can't understand why people are so afraid to call it country. Right. There's really a fear of calling of country music. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, one person raised their hand. They said, you know, how can it be a country station if they don't play Loretta Lynn? Well, how can it be a country station if they're not going to play Loretta Lynn? And, right. But... To call it Americana, I, I I don't know what, you know I if anything I would call it country rock, uh, you know I, I don't know what it's what it is but it's just Americana just sounds like a, a black and white photograph from a long time ago. Well, you know when I I look at American top forty music, anything that makes it into that is like the cream of the crop of what we're either going to really like, or absolutely wish would go away, and right. 
When you think of American music in the 21st century, you still have country, quote unquote, country music there. But then you have hip hop music, which is a huge form of American music right now. And I'm not talking about, you know, Big Daddy Kane from the 80s. I'm talking about where it's gone now. The the, the commercial is, you know, R&B, hip hop, country. They're trying to squeeze it all together. They want to make one genre out of it. They really do. Yeah. And and they want, you know, the wrong people to walk away with the the, the proceeds, you know. Yeah, no, they really, you know, I think people would be kind of uh, amazed to find out the, the kind of music they're listening to was really is being really done by executives and businessmen. Right. Those decisions are, that's what it has to do. And it, it all has to do with, you know, the, the dollar and, you know, I guess, you know, I'm, well, it's, you know, the, the thing you said about country music, uh, even when we spoke years ago, you know, it's people have this, like, they stay away from it because it's, it's always had this, um, connotation that it's undereducated. Right. Exactly. Or these days, racist. Absolutely. You, you listen to a Willie yeah. Nelson song. I, I wish I could pick out one song to really, you know, break that barrier down for people. But look, look, look at Willie. Yep. Look at what he's done. He, everyone loves him. You know, from all different, you know, races, uh, countries. I mean, the man is just loved worldwide because Absolutely. he's Willie Nelson, not because he's playing country music. Yeah, he's, know? he's, he's Willie Nelson, you know, and, uh. Well, he's, he's Willie Nelson, like Bob Dylan became Bob Dylan, or anybody that's another guy that's still out there on the road, right? Yeah. Or is he not? Is Bob Dylan? Uh, Bob Dylan's still out there. He's still eighty-one he, or eighty-two. He's still out there, and you know. Uh, you had said uh, you you can you know when you go to bed at night uh, something like this you can be happy to know that Bob Dylan and Willie Nelson are still touring on the road. Absolutely, absolutely. We are so lucky to be alive during their lifetime. Right. We really. It's years from now, people are going to look back and say, wow, you were alive during that time? Yes, you know. And I tell people all the time, if you get a chance to see either of those guys, go do it because there will be a time when they won't be doing it. Right. That'll be it. I mean, there I'm won't not, be anymore. not trying to be funny or anything, but the man is in a chair, so get out there and yeah. see him, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, it really, it won't be, you know, if, you know, I, you know, if I get that somebody calls me or I see on Facebook that it's happened, it's going to happen. There's one other person we haven't mentioned who I think is really, maybe he's not important, but he was really good and could really sing was uh, David Allen Coe. Yes. And I know David Allen Coe has got his problems and a lot of people say he's this or he's that and maybe that's true, but if you ever want to listen to somebody who could really sing a country song those late 70s early 80s albums of his unbelievable country singer unbelievable laid back and wasted yeah such a good song oh he just you know i mean just he just you know he was just so you know and again he was progressive he was a lot of people don't want to talk mention him Mm -hmm. but i you know i think he's if you love country music, you have to really, you know, I've always, you know, done a good job of keeping the person separate from their art. And I think, you know, if we're going to go after people because of their lifestyles or this or that, you know, we're not going to have very many things left <clears throat> to look at. I know, I think I know what who David, what David Allen Coe is. But I still go home and I put on his records and I enjoy them and I think they're great. So well, uh, George Jones almost killed Tammy Wynette, but yeah. she said I'll still listen to his music. Yeah, it right. still makes me want to cry. Yeah, you know, <laughs> George Jones. Um, I did want to mention these, some of these guys that um, there's a few guys that I think are worth checking out if, since we fuss about. Yeah. But, you oh know, yeah. I think people are looking in the wrong places to tell you the truth. But um, where do you go though? You know what I mean. But there's um, Coulter Wall. Have you heard yep, of him? Yeah, Coulter Wall is great. Great. Yeah. Um, Charlie Crockett. Charlie Crockett. Brent Cobb. Yep. Another one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and um, I've, another guy I just discovered, Vincent Neil Emerson. No, I don't think I know him. Cowboy singer. Yeah, there's a lot. Like if you look at the, in the underground. Yeah. But you know, sometimes I also see. You know, it's like you said. People sometimes people are trying to sell you a sound. Yeah. A guitar. Yeah. 
or a nice cowboy hat. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, no, right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there is, and there's also a guy that uh, I've seen a few times. He's not really a country singer, but he does, every now and then he puts out country records. Daniel Romano, he's a guy from Canada. Hmm. And he he probably is more country than ninety nine percent of the stuff you hear out of Nashville. When you, you look, know? you know, with with like YouTube and you can like kind of go yeah. down the rabbit hole with stuff. Um, you know, discovering country music scene right. in Maine during the late sixties, early seventies. Yeah. yeah, Dick Curlis. Dick Curlis. Yeah. Yeah. All the you know, it's just you know, I guess I mean I guess Maine. There was a big, you know. Why wouldn't there be? Yeah, that's you the know. south. Yeah, for us. that's the south. <laughs> really, <laughs> it's yeah. as far as north as you yeah, can go. If you, but if you don't then take a ride around up there, sometimes. Well, they, what true. is they say? If you keep go, if if you keep going far north, you'll eventually go south. Hit <laughs> right, the south, right? right. Um, so um, yeah, we talked about our best, our favorite Willie albums. You know, um, there's one album though. There's one song on the album called "The Willie Way," and he's done all these tunes a few times, but yeah. I think he. Why this tune is just buried on that album, no one knows it, and probably you know it, is Wake Me When It's Over. Oh, yeah, it's But a the great. version on Willie's Way. Yeah. With really, the organ. Yeah. No. Ooh, you know, you're, you're right. He really, he would re-record songs, and he would try different things. And, um, you know, I listened to all those records he made there then, and you know, there are gems on there. You got to really listen to them all, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, you know, he was just trying different things, you know. You have to admire someone who's trying different things, um, who's just not going to do what has, what's been working and what does work or what people expect. And, um, I mean, if he did that, we, would never, we wouldn't have the Willie we have now, you know. Right, um, right. Do you have a, like, is there a favorite Willie story that just always sort of i don't know no, defines who he who what who he is to you or whatever you know you know i don't not that i have i was lucky i i got to meet him a couple times you did. and um he's <clears throat> just i guess my favorite willie story is the only time the first time i met him he's just a super guy we talked about music he was just a regular person and then you know a few so minutes, that's the moment yeah a few minutes have, later yeah. a few minutes later he's up on stage in front of you know five thousand people singing but he was just a nice person polite um you know i've always heard i, I know it's true um is that at the end of the shows he will wait to make sure everybody who wants to meet him or have an autograph gets to before right. he gets back on that bus. And he doesn't care if he's out there for an hour or two. And um, Willie, Willie knows that he's there because of his fans, and there's no, uh, there's no wall between Willie and his fans. No. They're, um, he's, Will, Willie's the real deal. You know, he's, you know, um, I, you know growing up in West Virginia, uh, my parents listened to Willie Nelson when the first go around, mm-hmm. when he was trying to be a country star, and uh, so when he busted out in the seventies, you know, we we couldn't believe it. Especially my my parents, they were like, "Wow, Willie Nelson's a star!" Mm-hmm. You know, um, they were like, "So you have that? There's that bond, a family bond of your own." Oh yeah. With- the music of Willie Nelson. Oh yeah, I mean, we listened. to My folks, you know, my folks were crazy, but they did listen. They did bring home their records, and they, we had the Willie records. We had everything in there. When I was a kid, this is long before Willie Nelson was a household name. Mm-hmm. And, um, so then it was just so strange when he became Willie Nelson. You know, and you know, it was like. Not strange, but it was, people were like, we couldn't believe it. My parents, especially, they were like, "Wow!" So there, really? there was a cult following before. Yeah, the, but I mean, well, people early seventies. Yeah, people right? knew who he was, and you know, you bought his records, but you know, they like I said, they weren't. You know, he wasn't quite the Willie Nelson we know yet. Right, you know? right. He was on his way to becoming Willie, and uh, he really became Willie Nelson. You know, well, this, when I was down in um, Florida just recently, I was I never go in the Walmart. But I'm glad I did this day because I wouldn't have walked out with the Willie Nelson chia pet. <laughs> I, my mother, I got my mother growing it down there. Wow. You know, well, you like, were, what are you growing in it? Now <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, you've arrived. Now, if you're if you're if you got your own chia pet, you're you've arrived. You um, no, but it's funny. I mean, you know, he's such a staple of uh, pop culture. His face is just gonna be pretty much. It's gonna be on. If we still make coins or dollars at some point, absolutely. Put, put him on. Put him on the hundred dollar bill. You know. Um, 
So uh, you said, just backing up quickly, West Virginia, from West Virginia, uh, years ago I, I sat with you and talked right. about uh, your first uh, album that you released with your band Possum. Right. Um, Hump Mountain. And, Gre- that, and that's where you Hump grew Mountain. up. Yeah, yeah. I grew, I'm from Hump Mountain, West Virginia. I know people think it's made up, but no, it's not made up. Just and, uh, <laughs> go on Google Earth. Yeah, you don't go, it. Google Earth. It, uh, it actually has a hump on it. That's why of, of all the mountains down there, it's flat and there's a hump in the middle of it. And that's so you had, it. I think it was that you had gone down there to perform like one of your first shows or something yep. or whatever. Yep. And then uh, you've been doing it since it's, um, what are we, you doing, are you 12 years now? Uh, it's been about 10 years, almost, yeah, I'd say 11 years, okay. you know, I, I, I didn't do, you know, I, like you said, I used to do, uh, DJ and play my country records at the River Gods and the B-side and different places. The and, B-side, uh, wow. The B-side, and, uh, you know, and I always loved it, and I thought, you know, and this, this is a part of a Willie thing, too, and I thought... Uh, you know, I'm gonna even though I, you know, I was 50 and I never sang or played the guitar. I thought I'm gonna learn how to do that. That sounds like that would be the next step. And so I wanted to learn how. And I said, well, I'm just gonna learn to sing some Willie Nelson songs. And I hooked up with a guy, uh, Ryan Lee Crosby. Ryan, yeah. And uh, so he, you know, it took me a while, but I, you know, I can bass play the basic chords on a guitar, and I figured out enough to sing some Willie songs and he helped me along there and uh, then he was like well maybe you should try to write a song which was not anything I had ever planned or mm-hmm. wanted to do and, did you uh, so when he asked you to write the song did you were you like fuck I was really like you know I didn't <clears throat> I didn't even think I would do it and uh, so then I wrote a song and uh he was kind of surprised or I was surprised. I think everybody was kind of surprised and they were like, well, write another one and write another one. And, uh, you know, people joke that there's no such thing as nobody accidentally becomes a songwriter, but I think I accidentally <laughs> became a songwriter. And, uh, no, I mean, it's, who's, who's, you can accidentally become anything. Yeah. It doesn't so, mean, it was uh, always, obviously always inside of you or it wouldn't have, yeah, it that's wouldn't what, have came out. Yeah, maybe, you know? you know, my friend said, you know, growing up in that, you know that culture with that music, and uh, you, you know you, you get it. Because even when I, even when you, um, when I first heard some of the first songs you wrote, they were pretty much where they needed to be for what they were. Right, exactly. And it, and it was almost like you weren't belting things out. You were coming off very natural right. and saying the, what those. The, you know, I, there's something about do I forget the song? Something about the bottom of my beer. The bottom of my glass. Bottom of my glass. Right, yeah. And um, I rem- that's one lyric that stood out. And to me, I mean, you know, in my mind, you know, bottom of my glass is this, that could be on the back of a, you know, a Whalen album yeah. or a Willie album oh, or a Bobby that, Bear album. I mean, yeah, thanks, man. So that, it's, you, you know how to put it, you know how to put it together. Yeah, I think that's, you know, I did, I'm not saying I learned how to do anything, but I did learn how to write a song Mm -hmm. and I feel really lucky to have learned how to do that and to be able to sit down and write a song which you know like Tom Waits says it's not the easiest thing to do it's not easy they're like potatoes some come right out of the ground (laughs) and then some you have to really wrestle with you know but it's 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 I I think it's they like potatoes (laughs) (laughs) but you know so I've been writing songs and you know my so my band Possum Mm -hmm. we've been doing it for about 10 years now we play around we released you know three or four records got a new record coming out yep. uh next month and uh it um you know and i you know i enjoy the songwriting more than i ever thought i i, I didn't really like i said i didn't go and get into it did and, you think you would do it again for another album or did you think that that first you know i just thing? no i just thought you know i really didn't think that much ahead about it all yeah. i just wanted to do it and then you know when people were like wow these songs are kind of catchy you know and um you know, it's kind of, you know, all I guess I needed was a little encouragement there. And, um, you know, I, I, you know, I like telling, you know, country music, most of it is telling stories. I like telling stories, mm-hmm. you know. And, yeah. Um, you know, it's, that's cool that you say that because, I mean, I'm trying to figure out for years. I've, you know, I've been playing guitar since yep. I was 14, never knowing what to do with it. Right. Um, I, you know, kind of enjoyed using it and playing it but it wasn't until i started maybe like 2016 really right after all those years of playing in boston playing at the rat right 
I never knew what I was doing. Right. You know, I was just, you know, getting up there and, man, you know, doing my thing. But now, you know, when, after years of listening to song. Right. And, you know, and some of these artists and reading about them and learning about, damn, I wish I read, a, I wish I wish I... I wish I had this information a little earlier on in my life, so... Yeah, but you know, you, you know, you but, know yeah. it doesn't matter when it comes, as long as it comes, mm -hmm. you know, and you yep. have that realization, I, um... And, you know, I, you know, with our band, we do covers of some songs, and, uh, but, you know, one good, one story, I did, getting back to Willie, I did hear him say one time, say, you know, if you have this talent or urge to play and sing, it's probably best to do your own songs, and I th always think about that. I mean, um, you know, I, I take a lot of pride in the fact whether you like them or not, it doesn't really matter to me that they're my songs mm -hmm. really mean, uh, means a lot to me. Yeah, and, yeah. And it is nice when we're, like, we, we've got a, another show coming up at the Plow next month, April 8th. Um, you know, when we were there last time, some guy at the end of the bar after our set came up and said, hey, man, I, you write all the songs? And I said, yeah. And he said, wow, those were really, he said, I really enjoyed those, you know. And hmm. when a stranger does that, that's probably the best oh, it reward. Means the world, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's you one didn't... thing when friends say it. I mean, it all means something, but to have a complete stranger walk up to you and say something like that, it makes you feel good about what you're doing. Yeah, no, strangers matter to me, too. Um, I don't want to insult all our friends or anything. Right, you're all yeah. great. We love you. Yeah, but, you right, know, But, right. uh, you know, no, taking on new members. No, no really? Um, but, no, it's important because the thing is, and I think anyone would agree no matter if they're putting on an event or even anything. you showed up. Yeah. I didn't ask you to. Yeah. I didn't try to. I don't even know who you are, and you just showed up, and you love it. Yeah. I just invited 25 people and no, I mean, you know, sometimes you have your following. They've seen you a bunch of times. They're part of your support system, but Absolutely. that new face that, that, you know, or the, I played one time, one lady came up to us. She had, she was struggling with cancer. She hadn't been out for a long time. You know, she was having a moment, but the music meant everything to her. Yeah, it was no, an no. Elvis tune and she just she no, lost that, it. No, no, that's it. You know, that's it. You know, yeah. uh, you know, and when I started doing the music thing too, uh, a guy told me, he said, you know, remember this. He said, don't try to impress. Try to connect. Mm -hmm. And I, I really try to do that. You know, I'm not a very good singer. I'm not a very good guitar player. But that doesn't stop me from telling my stories or singing my songs. So yeah. as long and you know, so when I do make that connection with people, I mean, it makes me realize, you know, I'm on to something and, you know, it's... It's it's really a nice thing, you know. Yeah. Like you said, having it's all about that connection. I mean, anybody can get up. I mean, you know, I see so not not you know you see these people get up and they do and they're just kind of doing it in front of you. And I just feel like there's an, I don't really feel anything coming from this right. person. Yeah. Uh, that you know, sometimes if you're trying to put a show on, you know, and that's where I think sometimes what what the industry's looking for. They're looking for a show or a show piece, but yeah. That's not what it's about when it comes down to what really makes a song what it is. Yeah, you, you know, know I, uh, you know, I uh, when I started too, you know, Michael Tarbox told me, you know, because I was so nervous when I first started, and sometimes I get nervous now, but not as much. Uh, Michael Tarbox, who is a great musician, wonderful, yeah. really great guy, he said, you know, um, he said, Joe, I would rather see somebody in the corner of a bar struggling through a song that means something than seeing this slick person up there just doing their thing. Right. You see, you know, and, and so, you know, I am still that person who gets up there and I, maybe I'm not struggling as much, but I, I don't want to be slick. I don't want to be, you know, I want to do it as best as I can, but um, I, if I'm not connecting with people, then I, I don't want to be doing it. It's know? right. No, I understand. I mean, it's 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 almost like it's it's like doing it's like performing to the wall or something. I mean, it's yeah. not. You got to share what you what you create. I think you know yeah. it's important because I think people, whether you realize it or not, are waiting for it. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? And you know, so you know, again, all roads lead back to Willie. Look mm -hmm. at Willie. That's you know all all roads lead back to Willie's ninetieth, and I believe you share a birthday too. Happy birthday, happy with, birthday Willie. with Willie with Willie Nelson. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I was born on the same day, and my mother was born in the same year. Wow, and wow. she look, and she looks a lot like him. 
She does. <laughs> does she have the? She got the pigtails. Good for her. All right. That that just made my day. Well, I really. I'm glad we got together to talk. Um, you know, I mean, I, Willie deserves it, but absolutely. um, you deserve it as well. You're doing. You got a really fine band. Um, I want to come check you out. Yeah. Yep. Uh, April. April eighth at the Plow. With uh, no um. And then March eighth. Uh, oh, now we're confusing. No, no, it's going to be April eighth at the Plow and yep. April the second. At the tavern at End of the World with Michael Tarbox. Okay, not Atwoods? Yeah. Not Atwoods. Okay. No. Yeah. All right, so I would have, there you go, from the horse's mouth, from the horse's mouth. <laughs> um, anyhow, um, my, Michael Tarbox and you, I'm going to be there, and I hear there's an open mic afterwards. I'm bring my guitar. Mon- Mr. Ohan, yeah. open mic, do it's, it. It's the only way I'll get you guys to hear my songs. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> that'd be great. <laughs> but uh, hey, hey well, I appreciate Thanks a million. Yeah, really- and I hope I see you in 10 years for Willie's 100th. We'll be there. We'll be there. I hope you will too. All right. Take care, man. Happy birthday, Willie. One of these days, I'm going to pull it together. One of these days, I'm going to shake my own hand. One of these days, I'm going to start to feel much better. One of these days. One of these days One of these nights Go for a walk One of these nights I'm gonna count all the stars One of these nights Gonna have us a good long talk One of these nights One of these nights the old days In one of these nights I'm gonna see you again One of these days Gonna get up real early And one of these days I'm gonna learn how to fly One of these days Great big hurry One of these days One of these days One of these nights One of these days One of these nights One of these days